You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, April 27th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy using our new setup here for the Bucknuts Morning 5. Hopefully this will be a little easier for you guys. Hopefully the sound quality will be better. And we're actually having a show today, unlike we did on Friday and like unlike we did on Sunday. So that's good. Hey, Patrick, let's just get into the NFL draft from the Ohio State perspective. Let's start off with maybe your biggest surprise. What, what surprised you the most from Ohio State standpoint? Well, first of all, I just think it was great to have something that felt like live sports this weekend. Um, I know you've been big on the the Jordan documentaries, as have I. But uh, it you know this was actually you know live. We we didn't know what was going to happen. Whereas the Jordan documentaries, obviously, we've we've all witnessed that. Um, so th- this was just it was great. It felt it felt the most normal in terms of a sports thing uh, this weekend that that we've had in a while. But as for the draft itself, um, I think like most people, KJ Hill would be the biggest surprise for me. The fact that he dropped to the LA Chargers, and you know, I saw, I did looked at a lot of mock drafts in the buildup to this, and you know, most of them had him going anywhere in in the mid rounds um, from from late on the second day on Friday to to early um, on Saturday, and but I definitely did not expect him to drop as far as he did. The seventh round just just seemed entirely out of the question. This is. Ohio State's all-time leading pass catcher, a guy who consistently showed he can run great routes. As Ryan Day said to us yesterday, he gets open and he catches passes, and that's what you want in the NFL, right? So that was a surprise to me. Um, I do think he ended up in a pretty good spot with the Chargers. They've got a number of weapons. Um, obviously, they're, they're rebuilding a quarterback after losing Phillip Rivers, but this is a, a good spot. He won't have to step in right away necessarily. He can learn. Um, I think his speed hurt him a little bit, well, more than a little bit, but um, I think he'll prove to, to be a solid NFL wide receiver, just like he did at Ohio State. Um, other than that, I was a little surprised that, that J.K. Dobbins dropped some, though I think he ended up in a really good situation. Um, Jordan Fuller went a little earlier than I expected to uh, my Los Angeles Rams, so I'm excited he'll be out there. Uh, but those are probably the, the three that I was kind of like, oh, interesting when, when they happen. Let's just start at the top now. We'll start with Joe Burrow. He played three years at Ohio State, at yeah. least at Ohio State for three years. How do you think he'll do in the NFL? Yeah, I think Joe's a, a real solid pick. Um, I, you know, obviously, number one overall, the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, had a had a record-setting year last season, um, and now we'll we'll get to you know, try and continue his development in Cincinnati. Um, you know, this is an organization, as I know you know very well that's that's really trying to do things differently they've spent a lot more money this offseason than they have in the past um, you know I think they they see the way other NFL teams have handled things especially around a young quarterback and are trying to do things similarly so I think Joe's really talented and I think maybe in other years you know if he had come out next year maybe he's not the first overall quarterback 
Um, but, you know, he did put together a, a great season at LSU last year, obviously winning the national championship and the Heisman Trophy. And he did have a lot of weapons, let's be fair. But I think, you know, the, the Bengals have, have built up, um, you know, some, some weapons around him. And I think, uh, you know, I think he's, he's going to have the opportunity. I think the expectations need to be set, um, you know, not at the, the highest of heights. This is a rebuilding project, and, and he is a young quarterback. But I do think, you know, he has all the tools to, to be a solid NFL quarterback, if not more than that. I know there were questions about hand size and things like that. But when you do what he was able to do last year at LSU, I think you've kind of stepped past that already. Uh, and I think he's going to be good. You know, is he going to be a, an all-time great NFL Hall of Famer? I think that's up to him. I think that's up to how the Bengals build around him. But they certainly have the potential. I think for sure he was the, the number one player to take in the draft, um, you know, with, with the way the NFL is so, so quarterback-driven. And Chase Young, I love seeing him go to the Washington Redskins, a.k.a. the Washington Buckeyes. We have the, we have the New Orleans Buckeyes and the Washington Buckeyes now. You know, Washington's been downtrodden for so long, maybe uh, you know, with the new coach and everything they have going on there, maybe they'll, they'll turn things around. But I love that they, you know, because there was some talk maybe that they, it was a smokescreen and they were going to take Tua or they were going to take somebody else and they weren't really sold on Dwayne Haskins. I thought they kind of tipped their hand, Patrick, when they traded a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen. That told me that, that Dwayne was the starter. They wouldn't have somebody to give him competition. Ron Rivera was in Carolina with Josh Allen, or with Kyle Allen. and But I'm glad that they just stuck there. They feel like Dwayne Haskins is going to be their guy. And, again, they have somebody giving him competition with Kyle Allen. But they got Chase Young. I think, you know, I love Joe Burrow, but Chase Young, all the analysts have him as the highest-graded player in the draft. So uh, it was really cool to see him go to the Washington Redskins. I don't know how you – couldn't evaluate Chase as, as the number one guy. I mean, this is a guy who 16 and a half sacks and he missed two games. I mean, let's, let's be real about that. Not only did that take him off the field, but it derailed a lot of his momentum. You know, you're coming off that Wisconsin game, uh, you know, a, a huge game, and then you have to sit out for two weeks. So he came back and performed well, but it wasn't the same. Teams had more time to scheme for him too. You know, imagine what his numbers would have been if he would have played against the likes of Rutgers. You know? I mean, it would, have, it would have been even more out of this world. So to me, yes, definitely the number one player in the draft. Um, now I understand, like I said, why the Bengals went quarterback. But the, the, the Redskins, I think, need to give Dwayne a chance. And I was hopeful that he would get it because you don't want to see him bounce around now uh, after just one year. And I thought he looked better at the end of last season. Now you have a guy on the other side of the ball in Chase who, like Nick Bosa last year, like Joey Bosa's done, a number of other Ohio State defensive ends, can come in, play right away. You know, defensive end doesn't require a, a ton of scheming that, that'll be new to him at the NFL level. He's been coached by Larry Johnson. He'll be able to step right in. And I think he's going to be, you know, right there with, with the Bosa brothers that I mentioned and some of those other guys. Um, you know, I think he's, he's a talent that you, you don't get all the time. So the Redskins, uh, unless they got an offer that was going to blow them out of the water and set them up for, um, you know, the next few drafts, I think you had to take Chase Young there. It makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it'll it'll turn out to be a great pick for that organization. All the mock drafts for months had Jeff Okuda going third to the Lions, and then leading up to the draft, there was some talk. There could be some, some teams trading up for a quarterback, and I saw even one mock draft a couple days before the draft that had Okuda falling to ninth, and they even said, like, that would just be the steal of the draft. Um, but I'm glad that everything worked out for Okuda, and he was – the third pick of the draft to the Detroit Lions and the Lions stocking up on some Buckeyes. I already have Taylor Decker there. They got Jonah Jackson in the third round. They have Jeff Okuda now. I love that for Jeff Okuda, the 
number one corner, the number one defensive back in this draft, and DBU BIA just rolls on, Patrick. That was the one I wasn't sure about um, going into the draft, just because, like you said, there had been su- such you know buzz about potential moves. Um, but you know, I think when when the dust settled, Jeff Okuda was probably the the worthy of that pick. Um, you know what he was able to accomplish at Ohio State. You know, in in three seasons, and even as a freshman, his his willingness as the number one player in the country to play a lot of special teams. Um, he stayed on special teams for most of his career at Ohio State. I think that's something that teams look at and value. And you know, obviously, what he was able to do is a, a lockdown corner, especially last season on the number one defense in the country. Um, you know, everything that's been said about Jeff, everything that needs to be said about Jeff Kuda has already been said. He's he's you know. He's the next in the, that line of Ohio State corners. So, um, you know, I think this is a, a Lions team that probably had a number of needs, but improving that secondary <laughs> was definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, when, when they had Matt Stafford on the field last year, their offense was actually pretty good statistically. But getting that defense right will certainly help. Um, they, they focused on that a little bit. And Jeff Okuda, I think, can kind of be the, the guy that leads them forward as, as a defensive player going forward here. Um, you know he's going to work hard. Great attitude, great kid. We know that from covering him in the last three years. I'm excited to see what he does in Detroit. Damon Arnett, I was surprised, very surprised. I know, you know Ryan Day. We had a conference call with him yesterday. The media did. Ryan Day was not surprised. You know, Kerry Combs wasn't surprised. They, they've been talking him up for a long time. Jeff Okuda wasn't surprised. I was surprised. Were you surprised that Damon Arnett went in the first round of the Raiders? I was, and that was not one I brought up earlier because I figured we'd talk about it, and also. There was a little part of me that thought maybe he sneaks into the late first round just because of, like you mentioned, those guys that we'd talked to recently. There, there just started to be some buzz about Damon Arnett. Now, I didn't think he would go 19 overall. I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to go to the Raiders. Um, but the Raiders have, have proven that they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to pick the guys that they think. Um, you know, they, they took Henry Ruggs. A lot of people had him as the third wide receiver. He was the first wide receiver off the board earlier in the first round. So, you know, they, they, they believe, Mike Mayock said, that, that Damon Arnett fits what they want in a cornerback. In a and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so looking at it from that perspective, I get why they did it. Could they have waited? They didn't have a second-round pick, so they would have had to trade back into the second round if they wanted to get Damon Arnett. Uh, but, you know, a great story for a kid who, you know, even two years ago probably didn't have it all figured out, uh, had to be told by Chris Carter, the story's been told a bunch, to cut, he wasn't ready. He had to come back for his senior year. And I think the, the change in focus, change in approach, both on and off the field for Damon Arnett, you know, graduated from Ohio State, uh, was, was, was very important in terms of not only his, his on-field ability and showing that he could put it all together, but um, you know, his, his maturity that, that you know, he can go to an NFL team and be able to handle his business the way he's supposed to. Are there still holes in his game? A little bit. I think he still, you know, grabs a little too much and, and things like that. And that'll continue to, to be worked out now that he's going to be in Vegas. But, um, you know, I think it goes to show, and, and Ryan Day talked about this when we talked to him yesterday, the, uh, the value for some people of coming back for that last year. You know, not everybody's ready um, to, to leave early, even if, even if you are a multi-year starter at Ohio State like Damon was. So it's, you know, some people are. Jeff Okuda, Chase Young, great examples, ready to go to the NFL. But that year certainly helped Damon Arnett, a guy who, had he come out last year like he was thinking about, maybe doesn't even get drafted. Um, you know, I think probably does, but 
could have could have been a late round pick, but now he's a first round pick, and uh, you know he set himself up probably for for life and for a successful career. The biggest surprise to me was KJ Hill falling to the seventh round, as you mentioned. And Ryan Day, when he was asked, you know, what maybe surprised you the most, he said KJ Hill falling to the seventh round, and he said, "I just don't get it." Um, the second biggest surprise, though, to me, well, no, the third biggest. Second biggest was definitely Damon Arnett going in the first round. In fact, that could be a, that's almost a toss up to me. Damon Arnett first round, KJ Hill seventh. That's almost a toss up. In third place is J.K. Dobbins slipping to near the end of the second round. I think it's a great landing spot for him, though. As a Bengal fan, I hate it that the Baltimore Ravens draft so well. It's very annoying. But what a great spot for J.K. Dobbins. And really, when you're watching the draft and somebody goes early in the second round and you're waiting, 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 waiting to the end of the thir- uh, end of the second round, it feels like forever. Three years from now, we're just going to remember J.K. Dobbins was a second-round pick. But he waited all the way until the 55th overall pick. Again, I think it's a great landing spot for him as far as the fit with the Ravens, probably taking over for Mark Ingram uh, either this year or next year. Uh, and he's going to play a lot as a rookie regardless. But um, that was a surprise, him falling as far as he did. What did you think about that? Definitely a surprise. And not only that he fell as far as he did, but he was the fifth running back, I believe, taken. And, you know, I I mean, we were texting during the draft, you and I, and, you know, okay, well, he's probably going to go here, and then he doesn't go here. And, you know, this team needs a running back, and they take a different running back. And, I mean, even, you know, I'm a Rams fan. I thought they might take him in the second round and instead they went cam Akers out of florida state which which was surprising to me so um you know obviously teams you know viewed running backs differently um i think had there been pro days and jk was able to interview places i know he did talk with miami he probably would have gone a little bit earlier and i think there's a number of guys we can point to and say hey they were probably hurt by not having a a normal build up to the draft this year but you know, like you said, I think he he lands in a really good spot. This is a team that that led the NFL in rushing last year, set a single season rushing record. Um, they're going to run the ball a lot. I think they were number two in rush, maybe one or two in rush attempts last year. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with Lamar Jackson and and his running ability at quarterback. But you know, they they had three running backs, I think, or two running backs and Lamar Jackson in the top thirty in rushing yards uh, in twenty nineteen. Obviously, best record in the league last year, and and you know, came up a little short in the playoffs, but JK's going to get his opportunity. And I think that's what he realized. I listened to his um, conference call with, with their local media and he see, sounds excited. Baltimore was not a team that it sounds like really talked to him much during the buildup to the draft. So even he was surprised. Um, and he did admit that he, he felt he was going to go a little bit earlier, but we know what kind of running back he is. And I think now the Ravens are, are in a good position. You, know, you got Mark Ingram, you've got a, a young guy in JK Dobbins. And you're going to run this offense that's very run heavy. So these guys are going to get a lot of different carries. And when, you know, Mark Ingram, a year, two years, three years from now, whenever it is that they decide to move on, you've got J.K. Dobbins waiting there. So I think it's a good situation for him. Um, I know he just came out of sharing uh, snaps with Mike Weber two years ago. And uh, he talked last year about how he was ready to be the guy. But I think in the NFL level, this will be a good situation for him to adjust to it, continue to work on his game, because I think there are some things like pass protection that he can get better at. But I don't know if, if you're going to fall in the draft, if it could have worked out any better for J.K. Dobbins, given what the Ravens do running the ball. Last thing here, a total of 10 Buckeyes were selected. What's really cool is seven of them were selected in rounds one, two, or three. They had three guys go in the third round, Malik Harrison, Davon Hamilton, and the aforementioned Jonah Jackson. Just... What stands out to you about the uh, third rounders that the Buckeyes had? 
Jonah Jackson, I, I really liked coming into this draft. I thought he might jump up to the second round even. Um, you know, obviously the, the transfer from Rutgers, but he was just very good for Ohio State a year ago. Uh, playing that, that guard position, he can also play center. You know, give, give a team versatility, and, and that team will be the Lions. So I like that. Uh, Malik Harrison, another Buckeye going to the Ravens. Just a solid pickup for them. You mentioned their, their drafting ability. I think he'll be very good. And, and Devon Hamilton in Jacksonville, I'm not a big believer in, in the Jaguars. Uh, they've, they've continuously uh, struggled to, to put it all together. Even you know a couple years ago when they, they made the deep run, they weren't able to build on that. Uh, but you know, Devon Hamilton's a guy who um, continued to get better, continued to get better throughout his Ohio State career and you know, turned himself into a third-round pick. So he's a guy who you know is going to put in the work um, they needed help on that defensive line. They need help on a lot of places. So he'll certainly step in there to, to help with them. But I think those are solid third round picks for, for each of those teams. Um, and you know, I think, I, I think all in all, for the most part, these Buckeyes landed in good spots. Even some of the guys that were undrafted free agents, I think found good homes given, you know, the situation. So all in all, I think it's a good draft. Once again, Ohio state represents well at the NFL draft. Um, Certainly not going to slow down their recruiting, I don't think, anytime soon. That is right. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, Patrick. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate that as well. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.